You've tuned in to Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Imagine if we're here once again with our regular episode, uh, regular uh, competition, or not competition, challenge, that's the word I was looking for. Yep. We're here <laughs> challenging ourselves to come up with, uh, not better stories, but you know, newer stories, but stories based off of what's already out there for either company. Stretch the imagination, take these stories to the other side and make them just as brilliant, maybe even better, and hopefully give you an entertaining time. There you go, folks. That's what we're trying to do. First, uh, you know what, before we get started, uh, I want to talk about, just a little bit, about Batman v Superman. That came out. I heard about this movie, that's you know, right. It's, 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 it's <laughs> called Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, that's right, I, I forgot about that part. <laughs> um, so did they. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, no kidding. Actually, that Dawn of Justice part is the the part that they, they remembered the most, I think. Oh my god, you didn't even need those first couple of words, it was just Dawn of Justice. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, I think uh, for the most, I mean, we, we don't have to get into big. We don't have to get into spoilers, and we don't have to get into uh, you know too much of it. I just want to. Uh, how did you feel coming out of the theater? You've seen it three times now. Yes, I've just finished my third tour of duty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, honestly, as a comic book fan, <clears throat> as a comic book fan, and I, I might be in the minority on this one, but you know, I enjoyed it. Um, like, I guess it's funny because see. 1986 was when DC Comics was like, okay, we're going to scrap our crazy multiversal history. Earth 1, Earth 2, Earth 3, Earth X, Earth S. You know, all these crazy worlds with different ideas. We're going to scrap it. We're going to streamline it so we have a history, a timeline instead of a multiverse. And I remember seeing that. Now, as a kid, one of the big things was, like, where, where can you find comic books? Wherever you could. I mean, I remember going to the barber shop, and there'd be a comic book laying there. You'd read it. You know, going to the thrift store, there'd be a comic book there. You'd buy it. So it's not like we, we read in continuity. And I know you experienced the same thing. You know, you would just pick up an issue and read it. And it was funny because it's like, you know, obviously Green Lantern was a big draw for me. So I'd read one where I'm like, oh, here's a young, brash Hal Jordan. Then here's another one where he's got gray temples. And you're kind of like, well, you know, whatever. You just read about the character, you know. Obviously, a little imagination helped you understand it. And then, you know, it, it kind of caught on. But I will admit I was more of a fan of just the timeline. So Crisis on Infinite Earths, it was a treat to read. But I was glad to see what came out of it. And then, obviously, Infinite Crisis came back and bam, here we go back to the multiverse. So I like I like a lot of the elements of that movie that, they're leading to that, you know, but now again, you know, I, I'm a movie fan and a comic book fan who's read injustice, the death of Superman, um, 
Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, Justice League Origin, Justice League A New Beginning. I mean, I've read all the incarnations of the Justice League. I've read when Batman and Superman have met. I've read when they fought. I've read when, you know, I've read a lot of these things. So to me, it was really neat eye candy. Now my thing is I'm like sitting here, okay, well, how do I connect the stories together? So I enjoyed it. I mean, as a comic book fan, you know, I I liked it. There were a lot of neat Easter eggs. Um, I'm kind of starting to get more into the new gods, so it's neat to see hey, is that their presence? I don't know. I'm not sure. So it's just making my journey deeper into the new gods that much more exciting to see. Okay, you know, were they something? Because it was funny. I actually just picked up a – we were talking about the Guardian. He's an old 1940s character. Basically, he's Captain America but for DC Comics. He was created by the same two guys, Joe Scheinman and Jack Kirby. And in Marvel, he had his shield, the red, white, and blue. In the DC Universe, he had a shield that looked like a cop badge. And so he'd run around protecting these orphans and suicide slum and all that. And so anyways, so they kind of revived him. I remember him during the Death of Superman story. And I was like, oh, he was a cool character, you know, and he hung out a lot in the Superman books. And so I, I picked up this miniseries. And obviously, since the character was created by Jack Kirby, there's a lot of like they tied in the new gods. So I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So, you know, apparently the new gods had a bigger presence. I guess I just kind of was like, that seems stupid. I don't want that in my books. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I was a stupid kid. I should have enjoyed it a lot more. <laughs> Look, I mean, I uh, as a comic book reader, too, I understood. I understood. I recognized all the different elements from the different stories that they brought up. But I think for a movie that was this is the start of your your DC extended universe uh you can't you you threw in way too many things that happen after way too many parts of history yes you know no, there's, I, there's I a lot agree. of build up in in these stories in the the continuity of the comic books and if you're just going to go straight into um you know like crisis on infinite earth what does that mean i mean we haven't we don't know anything about a mul- about about a multiverse or or anything like that so how can you just start planting seeds or something like that then, because we're comic book fans and we know these stories, we were able to piece together a lot of the different stuff where this, these stories come from and how they how they could fit together. But as an average movie watcher, oh yeah, how would they know anything like that? No, the um, the, the hope is that you're catching a very curious audience, you know. But at the same time, you might also scare them away. You know, because people are there. There's going to be scenes where they're like, "What the hell did that mean? Mm-hmm. Why did we see that character? Why did we see him look one way and then he looked a different way?" You know, and no, I agree with you. I, I do agree with that, that. That it was, it was a lot. It's a tour de force, you right. know, and it's, and it's a shame because the people involved should know to scale back. You know, I mean, like I, I look at you well, know, well, look at just look at what happened with Green Lantern in the movie. I mean. They didn't scale back in that one. Oh, they, no, they that's tried true. too much, and, and it it failed horribly. Yep. Well, uh, yeah, you can't take, you know, like, I mean, there it was like, wow, we saw the Rogue Guardian. Uh, we saw Parallax. We saw Sinestro, and we saw Hector Hammond. Four villains. And technically, Carol's going to go through a villainous phase at the start. So maybe up to five villains with one hero in the movie. No, I agree. I They, they definitely shot their load a little bit too much. Um and something that uh, something I guess I'll throw out there. One thing that is annoying is you're expecting a lot of people to draw the dots for themselves or for their for their other peers. 
you know, because it's like, okay, you know, like I, I think they purposely were like, oh crap, people aren't going to be knowing what happened. Like why was Luther extra crazy? Hey, let's put that deleted scene out there where he sees Steppenwolf. And it's like, okay, that's a very minor character, but you're putting it out here because hopefully your fans at Salt and are kind of sitting there saying, what the hell? Right. Now have a reason. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more questioning as to anger some. Um, but no, I do agree. It's, they, they put too much. It's like. But, however, I mean, we, I, I, I can sit here and. and, and, and ha- sh- talk about the things that I didn't like about the movie and the flaws that I thought I saw in it all day long but the the box office speaks louder than anything else True. And it's 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 riding that wave it's it's not, it was number 1 last weekend number 1 this weekend big drop in it's number 1 but it still was number 1 and oh okay uh, it still held the the crown it nice it still held the held the spot and it's uh I think it's up to uh oh, I want to say 600 million worldwide so you wow. know it's it's made its money well, as long as they'll continue the story, I'm willing to – I'll ride it out, you know, because I, I can see there's definitely a long game here, you know. So it'll – it makes me a little bit more excited about Suicide Squad because I'm curious what's going to happen. Um, and it's definitely got me salivating even more for Justice League. Very cool. Uh, I also wanted to talk about today, I think well, – I believe – what I saw today was that uh, they kind of let leak maybe a new title for the new – Spider-Man uh, uh, standalone movie that either Marvel or Sony is going to be doing. Oh, this is new to me. What, uh, what would they, what they so drop? What, they, what was leaked was uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, see, what I took from that is that maybe Marvel just put that as a... Uh, Stand-up title. Well, just like placeholder. A, a placeholder, thank you, because he's coming home. He's coming back to Marvel. But, uh, you know, is there any storylines you can think of in the in the Spider-Man mythos that is called Homecoming. Ooh, nothing that's nothing that's really out there out there like for me when I hear Homecoming, I'm actually thinking of the Homecoming dance. So I could see this very much be like, oh, maybe, you know, this is where whatever villain they decide to go with attacks the school where Pete's at, you know, something like that. I don't know. That to like for me, I like in my, my in my Spider-Man knowledge, I'm just seeing, like I said, the high, the homecoming high school dance because of the the actor's age right. and appearance. And we know that we know that they're going to definitely go with a much younger Spider-Man, one that's going to be in high school. Yeah. Well, they did. Well, Andrew Garfield's character was supposed to be in high school, also. But. So was Tobey Maguire. Well, uh, somebody who looks first. like they're a high schooler <laughs> high school, yeah. and not a janitor. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Mangnamel is the high school bully <laughs> at fifty. <laughs> Yeah, the the high school kids have a eight o'clock shadow. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> eight a.m. clock shadow, I should say. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting uh, little tidbit that either was leaked today or uh, was was uh, you know put out there for for whatever reasons. That'll be interesting to see. And like I said, I kind of feel it's the same. Like what you're saying, it's probably the placeholder, you know, because that that is a major vic- victory for them. I mean. You know, that'd be like if DC was doing movies, all of a sudden, like, oh, we don't have Superman. Yeah. That's going to be tough, you know? <laughs> Batman versus Aquaman? <laughs> uh, what do you think about Spider-Man's appearance in the last Civil War trailer? Overall, overall, I give it an A. I liked I mean, it. it. It's literally one line, two words, 
and it's it's, it's you know it's uh, Iron Man calling him underoos. You know, underoos. He, he comes through, <laughs> webs up the, the shield, and says, "Hey guys," you know, which yeah. is very Spider Man esque. Oh to, yeah, to be like, "Hey guys," you know, <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> a little more, a little more puberty in the voice. Hey guys, <laughs> but uh, it was okay. With the costume alone. I mean, how did how did you feel about that? I liked it. I mean, like there's there's little elements that are that are different. But, you know, it, it's funny because, like, okay, and I was just talking with a buddy of mine about this with Captain America. Remember when he used to wear a costume? <laughs> he had that chainmail top and the red gloves and the red buccaneer boots. Right. I don't remember that anymore because well, it's been over 10 years. I mean, I, of course I remember it. <laughs> but the thing is, it, it's been gone. And it's like, okay, well, the movie, it makes sense. Yes. And in the movie, they still they, they paid homage to it. They, they had it on there. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was neat. And, you know, they explained why they got rid of it, which is fine. You know, but it's like. Like I, I don't know. I, I, the the best question would be to ask like a comic book artist or creator, and it's like, hey, uh, you've done a great job doing the Spider Man costume and whatnot, but uh, that doesn't mean Jack Squat. There's this movie concept artist, <laughs> and he's going to tell you what to draw now. You know, because I mean, look at the new Superman suit; it's straight from the movies. But I mean, overall, it's exciting. It's neat. I'm glad they're going to do the little bit of eye effect. I think that's cool. That is you know, cool. That like a little aperturing, uh, uh, aperture, yeah. Aperture, aperture. There you go. Yeah, good word. <laughs> uh, you know, one I one thing I've always one one of the Spider-Man suits that I always enjoyed throughout history was uh, the Tom McFarlane suit. I, oh gosh, I always yeah. thought that was a great suit. Uh, I think you kind of got a little bit of that with the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man uh, with his fingers being the different colors, blue and, and stuff like that. But you don't get the you didn't have the no one had the webbing. Yeah, no, nobody really had that. The, his big spaghetti webbing, as, yeah. as Todd calls it. Um, no, I, 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 I definitely, I can see that. And I, you know, there's going to be some moments where they're going to have those over exaggerated eyes, probably. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting. That's going to be exciting to be like, all right, cool. You know, this is this is going to be. I mean, this is fabric on fire. I think I heard a rumor that that we will see the Iron Spider outfit, though. Ooh. What do you think about that? I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a big part of the story. A part of Civil War. It was a huge part of Civil you know, War for that, that was, to show That up. was major, so I'm excited. I mean, and obviously, as a toy collector, there's another freaking action figure I'm going to buy and put on my damn shelf. <laughs> but I'm excited for it. Not really. But I'm excited. No, but you know, it'll be interesting. Probably the pop. I might buy the pop. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, I think that'll be cool. Like, the visuals behind it. And you know, I'm curious to see like how much is Joe Quesada lobbying for that? Because didn't he didn't he have a hand in designing that? I'm gonna say he probably did. Yeah, I mean, he did the Asbat suit, so you're yeah. like, hey, armor. I love armor. Well, 90s know, armor. Right after that, right after Civil War, you know, and I was still reading comic books at, on a regular paces, paces, bases. <laughs> uh, he, you know, it was when Spider Man after that because after that is when he. Uh, eventually, when he got his secret identity back through uh, Mephisto, magic, <laughs> magic, as, as Joe Casada said, uh, and I like how Mephisto's like, "Don't worry, I just threw that in as a freebie." Because you know the devil's all about giving you bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> when he was working at New Horizons, he started developing all these different types of spider suits, like the the one that negates sound, and you know, the, and there was uh, the one that went invisible and stuff like that. Yeah, that was cool. That so was... I, I like that. I, I like that 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 part of Peter Parker, the scientist. Yeah, I thought that was neat that they were like, "Hey, isn't Peter Parker something special just besides Spider Man?" <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the top top minds of the of the Marvel U. God, um, could you imagine what he could do if he wasn't distracted? <laughs> 
if I mean, he wasn't Spider-Man. Seriously, yeah. You know, like, Reed Richards should just be like, look, we're going to put Ben and Johnny on overtime. You sit in the lab and do your thing. Could you imagine that if – so oh, imagine if – imagine if, uh, like, like Reed Richards and, 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 and Peter Parker, like – Peter Parker became his intern, and like Reed Richards never went into oh space, and there was no there's no uh, Fantastic Four and no Spider Man, but but Reed Richards and, and Peter Parker like like just started solving problems through science, you know. Oh, how would another Marvel science just... bros? <laughs> you know, actually, honestly, that's a hell of a story. Like, I mean, uh, you've got the layout. Actually, that's a good like chain of events where it's like, okay, let's just say. You know, let's put it in modern times where mistakes aren't happening. You know, and it's like, hey, sorry, Reed Richards, you're not going to get past these gates and fly that sta- that <laughs> spacecraft tonight. Okay, fine. You know, <laughs> well, and actually, then, the way I see it is, is they is, still have the powers? No, 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 they don't have the powers. Like, okay. like Spider Man, the day that or Peter Parker, the day he was supposed to go to. Well, I guess now you would consider it Oscorp, but whatever it was before that he went to in, in the and in in that day, Four Freedoms Plaza, right? Instead. One of his teachers stopped him and said, "Hey, before you don't go on this this trip, I I want you to fill out this application to be an intern at Baxter, you know, the Baxter <laughs> Building with Reed Richards. So good. So then he he takes that, he goes to the Baxter Building, and he becomes an intern. And then uh, while he's doing there, you know. Cut down a, a few few years a year down the line, and and he's like, oh Reed, you have this wrong in your math right here. Oh well, now Reed doesn't go into outer space. He, you know, the rest of the team does go, but he doesn't get his superpowers. Science, bro, science kids. I don't oh, know. Oh man, well that that would be. I mean, that would be. God, that'd be so amazing. Because okay, Uncle Ben gets to live. So we have a very cheery period of Parker. I mean, he's already kind of a cheery dude. I mean, yes, you know, he does throw the costume in the trash, gets angry, but could you imagine where it's like? And then J. Jonas Jameson is going to be like, that science whiz Peter Parker strikes again. <laughs> you know? I love that little rascal, you know, <laughs> right? Like, oh, my God. The Marvel Manhattan is so, like, they'll probably just change it into Marvel instead of Manhattan. <laughs> and it's just this, it's the future town that Metropolis is, but without Lex Luthor's around screaming up the place but then you you go even further down the timeline and reed richards has now become a megalomaniac oh god no. manhattan is now his you know headquarters and he's <laughs> so he he's wears a suit of iron armor <laughs> <laughs> he's like damn that parker boy and, and peter in, in, in the last resort also dons an armor suit that he got from his from one of his interns tony stark <laughs> or, or from his other mentor tony stark <laughs> and we have the armor wars but totally recast it oh my god folks this will be continued Continued. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely going to be continued. Uh, you know, so that's that was Civil War. Uh, I think that's. Um, I also thought the the suit and the little the little quip line, you know, is very Spider Man. Oh, they did a good job of that. Yes, I thought the aperturing of the eye seemed like it was in the wrong place to me. It, it, it's something about it just seemed off. But I do like the fact that it's getting that that the, the aperture. I think they just did it to do it because it does because like his eyes are kind of wide and then they get narrow yeah. and I feel like he's like oh I better get ready for battle right. you know as opposed to like instead he's like hey guys I I didn't think we were fighting I thought we were <laughs> I thought we were getting soda pop <laughs> team picture no no oh crap <laughs> rice so, cakes <laughs> uh, what else can we uh, expect in the near future for comic books all right well something I want to throw your way and this is going to be hard for our, our listeners but. If you probably type in Jim Lee Rebirth, I'm sure this image will come up. And it's got the typical Superman at the dead center. It leads out to Batman, Killer Croc, 
um, Harley Quinn, Green Lantern, Simon Baz, and new Green Lantern, Jessica Cruz, on Superman's right. And then on his left, you have Wonder Woman, Robin, Damian Wayne, Superboy, Jonathan Kent, and Kid Flash, I'm guessing Wally West. So I think you're looking at the image right now, too. Um, when I when I see those last three there on on your right, on the viewer's right, I'm seeing the new... Young Justice. New Young Justice, I think. What do you think? That's pretty incredible. And, and you said that's supposed to be Damien? I believe so, from the look of it, because I know Tim Drake will also be wearing a Robin costume, from what I've seen in, in preview art. But his, um, he goes back to his, his traditional Robin much. costume with the... He has exposed, like, bice, kind of like a, a short sleeve shirt and, and the gauntlets. Yeah. But this one ha- obviously has long sleeves into his gauntlets. And plus the hood. I know that's definitely hood, a Damien oh, there you thing. Go. That's a Damien thing. Yeah. I didn't think about that. But he's wearing a lot of green, which is a Not Tim, a Damien it's thing. It's a yeah. Tim Drake thing. Yep. So I was just curious what you think of those. Um, I do like, if you look at Jonathan Kent's costume, I like how they took elements from the new 52 Superman. You know, he's got the pants, but <laughs> he's, he's wearing a Superman hoodie, you yeah. know. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And he's, got, he's got sneakers and, and exposed ankles there, it looks yep. like, you know. You don't believe in socks. <laughs> Uh, you know, and and then you got a traditional looking uh, uh, young nerd. What's what's Kid Flash? Out, yep, Kid you know? Flash. Imp- well, Kid Flash actually. Yeah, because Impulse. Well, he he also. What did it? No, Kid Flash had had the whole head covered, right? No, Kid Flash always had the exposed hair. Wally had his 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 carrot top hair exposed. Did um, Bart have? You're probably thinking of that time in Sins of Youth when Bart became an adult yeah, and he had go. the covered head because he was a, a male Flash right. adult. Um, you know, it's a shame, though, because I'm thinking of that image and I was just thinking of the history of the Flash. Too bad they didn't have um, Irie there as an impulse. Because that would have been the the next generation of Young Justice. Well, you can't have Irie there. Wally's only is a teenager. There's oh, no God, Wally. I know. There's no Wally West who had two two uh, two twins. Uh, <laughs> well, see, and I, I guess now that's just that that brings my nostalgia down a little bit. Where it's like, like I'm I'm still I'm very pro rebirth. I I will I I you know I'll probably get a lot of crap because I'm oh you're just a blind DC fanboy, but I don't care. I'm a fanboy of Marvel, even when they put their stuff out there. You know. Um, Hey, look, we, we just like comic books. Well, exactly. We, we like good stories. We do, and it's, you know, it's like, I, I, I guess it's funny because DC's really going wild with this whole multiverse idea, you know, where it's like, if we have, I mean, someday, like, in these future technology or things like that, well, I mean, they do. They have a, a, a comic book based off of Arrow. They have a comic book based off of The Flash. They still have, the, they're know? still running a comic book based off of Smallville. Yeah. Which so, is pretty incredible. I mean, for a TV show that's been off the air for, what, Five years now? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy to realize that we could have. You could have actor Tom Welling guest star with Henry Cavill, guest star with comic book Superman in, you know, a Superman story that yeah. surpasses the ages. And Which is, like, uh, what was that one? And I think it was, was it was it All-Star Superman where you had the, the unnamed Superman? Oh, yeah, you had the and, question mark symbol. Yeah, and yeah. then you had... Uh, Superman 1 million and they were all kind of just like hey we're here to kind of help you out for a second and then they then they left yeah they yeah. just showed up as farmers and then so 
young Clark Kent out screwing around at <laughs> yeah, prom. That's what and, it was. And then, of course, you know, the, the unmasked or the unknown one turns out to be current day Superman. He's that's like, right. I never got to say bye to you, Paul Kent, so I wanted to do that. Yeah, oh, what a touching moment. That's Spoiler. That's the one only part <laughs> I liked about All-Star Superman. Really? You're not a, an All-Star fan? Well, you know, I, want, I was never a Frank Quitely art fan. Okay. I, I, so that was already one strike for me. Okay. Then who's the writer on that? Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison. I do like Grant Morrison. Okay, but, but did you make sure to get the ultimate experience? <laughs> did you take like three ecstasy pills, um, hang exactly upside down in a pool? At. Did you do that though? No, you okay, have to that get you the, can't have an opinion. Yeah, you, can't, you have to have sensory deprivation first, <laughs> and you know, start hallucinating. Did you get to a point where you were wearing a crazy costume, screaming Zen and R? <laughs> Grant Morrison's storylines. You have way too much stuff is happening off panel. And you don't quite know, you don't quite get all the story unless you get you go and like talk to Grant Morrison. He is the Zack Snyder of the DC comic cinematic universe. <laughs> so yeah, I never really got into All Star Superman, even though I I know like you know it's it ends up becoming one of the best stories oh, that, yeah. uh, of Superman out there. You know, collected in a trade paperback that everybody covets almost. Yeah, know, for Superman. Oh yeah. Well, the thing that and, – and this is actually – this is funny. So this is going to lead some more uh, – so there's a theory out there. There's a, a crazy theory that this is all part of Grant Morrison's unofficial Superman trilogy. So what you're supposed to do is – and it's a trilogy in reverse. Okay? Oh, great. You're right, yeah. <laughs> so you're supposed to read DC 1 million. Okay? Right. And that was during his big JLA heyday, and it was a fantastic crossover – did a great job. It you know buy it if you want it, and you don't have to. It just that was a fantastic job DC Comics did with a DC Universe event. Um, so, anyways, we know it's at heart it's a Superman story. Then the next part is DC, or sorry, it's All Star Superman, and that's where you see things like you know the Superman one million and stuff like that. Because the truth be told, at the end of All Star Superman, when he flies up in the sun to save it. That's why he's in the sun in DC 1 million. So that's where it links back to the past. And then, of course, you read his more recent DC New 52 action comics run, which is his new origin. And, of course, that tells you the origin of how he got to be the Superman that he'll become. So it's, it's kind of neat. It's a trilogy in reverse. I've been trying to read it, but I just ran out of cocaine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's been fun, you know. But, again, those were stories I enjoyed. Um, his action comics run was interesting. He did some crazy stuff. And, it, you know, but at the same time, DC New 52 at its genesis, I don't think anybody knew what the hell was going on. You know, like I, uh, George Perez is one of my favorite artists. He's a good writer. Um, just an all-around fan of comic books. You can tell he loves what he does. And DC managed to piss him off so much he left a book. Right. Again. They did that to him back in the 80s with Wonder Woman. And they did it to him again with Superman. Uh, it's such a shame. And it's, again, you know, hopefully if they had stronger editors that were saying, hey, you know, this is where we're going. Let George in on the take and then just do it instead of what they did. Um, but, yeah, so that's the Grant Morrison trilogy thing. There. So it's <laughs> it's worth a read, you know. So go get, you know, JLA 1 million, uh, read DC All-Star Superman, and then read uh, Superman Action Comics Volumes 1, 2, and 3 of the New 52. And it's it's a pretty good stuff. Awesome. So in this picture, uh, I you know, I know you, you went through the names. Right next to Harley Quinn and, and – or between Harley Quinn and Batman is – Killer Croc? Uh, yes, that should be Killer Croc. I think that's representing Suicide Squad, I imagine. Right. So, okay, but 
I don't know. He seems smaller than he should be. And he looks a little bit too much like a salt thing to me in that picture. Let me see if I can pull up a better view for myself here. Um, well, this is all Jim Lee art. Uh, no, that's that's totally Killer Croc, because think back to your Hush days. Right, yeah. That's kind of, he's got that same thing. I don't like the face on this one. Um, I like, I like the, I love the way that Jim, Jim Lee draws Spider, or Spider-Man. <laughs> Batman. I think the way he draws Batman is pretty incredible. Okay, let me lay something on you today. So I guess they had an interview with Jim Lee, and he's up for a Hush sequel. Really? What do you think of that? Now, well, there's I... a major... Hold back because Jeff Loeb doesn't work for mm-hmm. for DC. Or is he, he won't work for is DC. Is he gonna he's, write he's exclusive it? for Marvel? No, probably not. Probably not. Uh I don't know. I mean that's 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 I, I guess that depends on how involved in the storyline Jimmy Lee was in the original Hush. You know, honestly, I would no offense to the guy. I imagine it's it's one of those things because I, I have a feeling Jeff Loeb is like, Okay, look, I've got an idea of a story I'm gonna tell. I only need two comics. But because of my artist, I'm going to go through this whole rogues gallery because, you know, I'm sure he did the same thing for Tim Cell. Like, OK, give me a murder's row of villains you want to draw. Mm-hmm. OK, I want Grundy. I want this. I want that. And he probably did the same thing with uh, uh, Jim Lee. OK, give me your list and I'll write them into the story for you. Um, and that's tough because it could go a couple of ways, um, because as soon as Jim Lee did Hush, he then moved over to Superman for tomorrow, and that was with oh, who was that writer? Um, not a good one because I know that story kind of tanked, uh, and it really wasn't that entertaining either. Um, and then after that, the next time we saw Jim Lee come back to comic book art was Batman All Star Batman and Robin, the Boy Wonder. With Frank Miller. But yeah, I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> that was some crazy. Like, hey, Black Canary, let's have sex behind a trash can after we fight crime. Uh, spoiler. Um, so anyway, no, sadly, that's the truth, folks. Um, so, but then that never got finished because Frank Miller's like, finish a story. Why the hell should I? Right. Um, and then last, his last stint. Well, okay, he also did Justice League with Jeff Johns, and he did Superman. Um, unchainable. Unchained? Unchained. There you go. Superman Unchained with Scott Snyder. Now, it wasn't a bad story. I know a lot of people just, it wasn't like, because they were toting it as, oh, this is the big Superman 75th anniversary story. It's going to be amazing. It was all right. But I think if you got Scott Snyder to replace Jeff Loeb, I think you'd have Hush Plus. Oh, dude, that would be pretty, I'd be pretty awesome. I'd be be down. Scott Snyder is an incredible uh, writer, so. Oh, he's an incredible Batman writer. That man has changed. You know what's so funny? Uh, and not to interrupt you. No, you're good. But uh, I've, I'm looking at two different pictures of the same thing that you that we were looking at, and in one, Jonathan Kent has the uh, a yellow S Superman S, and the other one he has a black one. I I almost feel like maybe is that shadow from Kid Flash's hand. You think so? Well, because look, look at how far apart the shoulders are, and then look at that. So they've moved Kid Flash. Oh, they did move him over. And so I think they probably moved him because if you look at this one, it's got the Jim Lee signature, uh-huh. and if you go to the other one, it doesn't have it. So I think they weren't done manipulating it yet. Oh, okay. Because I was looking at that too. I was like, wait a minute, he's going to have a black S. Did Lois die? You know, like what the hell? We don't need Carl. <laughs> Do <you> Coral. <laughs> Do you think it's important the fact that? Damien has a bow staff in that picture instead of a sword. 
Wow, that is because a bow staff isn't going to kill you. Right. I mean, it could, well, yeah, but it's it could, it's but more it's, it's almost more of a defensive weapon as offense as opposed to offense. That's major good eye. Wow. For uh, yeah, for a char- especially for a League of Assassins guy. Yeah, a character that's you know very much so into or about killing his enemies. Yeah. Uh, what do you take into the fact that of the of the Green Lanterns that we know of, the two that they show in this picture is uh, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. You know, it's uh, they're both Jeff John creations, right? <laughs> And we know his creations are the ones that get top yeah, billing. Yeah, they, they are totally well. They do. I mean, it's you know, it's it, it's funny because if we look at you know who really controls the DC universe, you know, obviously Jeff Johns has a big hand in it. And if you look at that image, that's Superman and Superboy. Those are the new are the pre fifty two ones. Mm-hmm. So those are Dan Jurgens. Um, everything else though has been kind of. Well, no. I mean, I guess you, you could say that's Jeff Johns. I don't know who would be responsible for Harlequin. Maybe Gail Simone. I don't know if she did. She ever write Suicide Squad? Uh, but I believe he did. She did. Gail so, Simone did write Suicide Squad. Or maybe I'm just thinking of Secret Six. Yeah. Ooh, good point. But I, I just I feel like obviously like these are shout outs to the you know to certain creators. And I think Jimmy Pagliotti's writing Harlequin right now. Yeah, him and Amanda Connor. They've. Right. They've totally got her boomed up there. Um, but each character's kind of got a signature. Actually, that is a new Wonder Woman costume, too. Because she's more, more silver as opposed to right here. It's gold. And I think with New 52, she's been more silver. And, well, it's obviously going off of the new the, the movie. Right, the, the movie. movie outfit. Yeah, well, especially that Superman costume. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's... Uh, it, Green Lantern's always been a character of change. You know, he's always been a character of change. And and I'm not now, I hope I don't get misconstrued here, but, you know, massive representation is always needed. And Green Lantern's the best character to do that. Why? Because we can take anybody's story, give them a Green Lantern ring, and then we've got a whole new story. Plus, you know, you know? I mean, it, it's, it's got its own built-in built diversity because... We, it, it's aliens too. Aliens, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's not just Earth. It's aliens. It's, you, it's space. You have people from all different races yeah. and species and stuff. So it definitely makes for and it, it makes for the new characters to be like, okay, here's our new blood. Um, I guess just the truth be told, it's uh, like I mean I, I'm curious to see what they're gonna do. I feel bad for Simon Baz because they're still like, oh, he's the rookie, and it's like, dude, the guy's been around for like. Five years, I think. You know, you're still calling him a rookie. Like, man, they didn't even do that to Kyle. But that's what I feel bad about. Is again, it's like there was no one else around to call Kyle a rookie. Uh, I mean, he, yeah. he was the only Green Lantern. Well, but even but even in like the hero verse, because like okay, so I guess here's the thing. Like, I rode Green Lantern out to the bitter end, mm-hmm. and it sucks because like with this whole DC rebirth, like okay, Robert Vendetti, the current writer of Green Lantern, I cannot stand his work. <laughs> I can't. He's even doing the whole like, hey, I'm going to have a separate parallax fight, a separate Hal Jordan Green Lantern. I should be like drooling myself like crazy, right? No, it sucks. I, I looked at Green Lantern issue 50. And I was like, what a waste of my damn time. Um, Do you remember, you remember uh, uh, I believe it was Countdown to 52 when they had uh, the the trade, not the trade, but it became a trade eventually, but it was it was a, a offshoot title called Arena. Yes. Okay. So, uh, 
I think we needed a, a Green Lantern arena where you could just oh put all God. the different things that you really want, or this guy could put really <laughs> want against each other. Oh. We have a, a yellow parallax and a green parallax. Yeah. What? That doesn't make any sense. Well, they both supposed to be. Do. Yep. Like, Let's do it. <laughs> I want to see what the red Alan Scott looks like, you know? Well, but, th- but that would be so cool. Like, there's so much. I guess that's the thing is, when Jeff was writing Green Lantern, there was so much, you know? <laughs> and it got to a point where. When we got new 52'd, you know, the, the, the legacy stayed. You know, like Jeff and Grant were the only ones who got a free pass. But, you know, it's like we had Green Lantern, New, new Guardians, which was the Kyle book. We had Red Lanterns, which was basically, well, it, it wasn't the guy book, but it turned into the guy book. But it was its own thing at first. It was like, okay, let's try expanding these lanterns. Um, we had uh, Green Lantern Corps, which was the John Guy book. We had Green Lantern, which was the Hal Jordan book. Then eventually there was the spin-off Sinestro book. There was the spin-off Larfleet's book. And when you had that tight team working together with a strong editor, you had great stories. Once that team started getting separated and it wasn't, you know, that's why the Larfleet's book died because nobody was really paying attention to make sure if it stayed in the GLC. Um, and, and the books eventually faded out. Now, I guess the, the long story short, I'm excited to see where their story's going to go. Jessica Cruz, the new female Green Lantern, she's doing great. They've been doing a fantastic job with her um, because her storyline has been continuous. You know, right after Forever Evil, Power Ring was killed. His ring found a new host. It took Jessica, and we're going to see what happens. And now, as a matter of fact, if you'll notice, she's actually a full-fledged Green Lantern this time. It's I not. That, yeah. It's not the Earth-3 evil ring. It's a full-fledged Green Lantern ring. So that's going to be interesting to see what are they going to do to expel that from her and make her whole uh simon baz he had an interesting story but he just got sidelined so i forgot about him it's like okay well nobody really cared like apparently he was the only green lantern that the red lanterns would stay on earth which is a big part of the storyline so all the green lanterns went back out into space they were all on oa and simon baz was the only one who was allowed because guy and simon were friends and guy was like hey earth is under the protection of the red lanterns whether you like it or not and then that story just ended. Why? Because the Red Lantern book ended too. <laughs> so it's like, okay. But nobody questioned the fact that you had these crazy Red Lanterns floating around space. Like, you know, can you imagine you're sitting in California and all of a sudden like, boom, here comes the Red Lanterns flying over. You know, like it just got dropped dead in its track. So that's what killed it for me. So obviously Hal was being published. His stories were happening, good and bad. So that's where my interest is. So I'll still have the book, but I don't necessarily think I'll have them in the Justice League stuff, which kind of a bummer um but you know they're good picks they're good characters they need to grow they need their time to shine they give diversity which is something that comics are looking to do which is great you know i mean you have uh, there's another strong female character hopefully that'll grow and then there's another minority based set of characters that can that more fans can identify with so hopefully it it, it, you know it, it hopefully it involves good storytelling that's all i ask for because I'm very protective of my emerald rings. I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> okay, uh, so onto the Marvel side of things. Is there any particular Marvel things? I think I saw a uh, uh, something about Return from Death. Or yes, so Dead No More. Dead No More. That's what. It's um, it's, so it's looking like it's a big Spider-Man story. I um, I was a little bit lost from the internet this past week, so you'll have to forgive me. Um, Dead No More, that's the big Marvel Marvel uh, event that we're looking at. Uh, I'm guessing it's probably going to be a Spider-Man-centric event, which was cute because when DC did Rebirth, they did it with a blue curtain, right. and then Marvel totally put a red curtain and said Dead No More, which I thought was hilarious. 
Um, I missed the rivalry between the two, so that was kind of a neat poking at each other. And so basically, if you go online and you Google Spider-Man Dead No More, you're going to see this big five-cover image. And so we have a lot of characters from Spider-Man's past walking from, you know, a light. Uh, Captain Stacy, Ben uh, Ben Parker, um, Gene DeWolf, and stuff like that. And then they're to Spider-Man's back, and he's fighting Dr. Octopus, the Rhino, Lizard, Electro... Uh, looks like Prowler, the Kane, Spider-Man. Is that Mysterio? Yeah, I think I see Mysterio. Do we have six villains there? Mysterio, Lizard, Electro, Rhino, Doc Ock. Oh, man, because that screams of Sinister Six, you know? I didn't even see Mysterio. I think, look at where the Prowler is. Scroll a little bit more. Oh, no, sorry, that's Madam Web. That's Madam Web, yeah. Sorry, in mine it looks like a big old white blob, <laughs> so I was like, oh! Okay, so now I apologize. Uh, Madam Web, One, uh, two, some guy in a coyote mask holding a glass of champagne with Gwen Stacy. I'm not sure who the coyote mask is. Is that ringing any bells for you? I mean, the only thing, if it wasn't, if, if it wasn't for the fact that it was a mask, I would, I would think uh, John Jameson and his uh Oh, his wolf, wolf yeah, good but, point. But... Uh, that's you know it's obviously a mask so yeah and that looks like a Gwen Stacy that's aged it yeah she doesn't look, like... look sad or like high school girly or right. called young college innocent she looks we, matured yeah and the only reason you know is because she's wearing the signature hairband and the green jacket yeah or the only reason you assume that it's uh Gwen Stacy I, sh- I should say. that's true we can't we don't know much um, I don't think they've released any full synopsis that Prowler yeah. outfit looks very symbiote 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 to me. It's very tight, right? Yeah, you know, the, it, it doesn't the, look the like a fabric. Part looks like there's like slits, like how the venom has his mouth. So it's very interesting with uh, this this image. I used to love it. Like DC used to do that a lot. Well, not oh. used to, but they did that for that little bit of time. They did that a lot, where they just threw out a big splash of image, and you were supposed to try and pick up some hints from it. Yeah, I always loved that uh, when they did that. Yeah, the Batman at Thanksgiving, and it was supposed to mean something. Yeah, so I'm not too sure what's going to happen. So basically what's going on, and I, I feel bad. I've, I've bought all the issues, but I haven't read them. Mm. I haven't really done a good job of keeping up with my new Amazing Spider-Man. Um, but from what I'm reading off of a synopsis right here, somebody says, The mysterious man in the red suit has offered some of Spidey's deadliest foes the deal of a lifetime. If they serve him, their dearly departed loved ones will, return them, will be returned to them. Uh, fail him, and he'll take them away forever. So Rhino, the Lizard, Electro, and Doc Octopus have all accepted the deal. But it isn't just the villains who loved ones are returning. So the Dead No More prologue will be released on Free Comic Book Day, which is this upcoming May 7th. So make sure you're there. Get yourself some good comics because there's going to be some good stuff coming out this May. And also yeah. make sure to come to the Yuma County Com- Library, the Yuma Library County Comic Book Convention at the Yuma Main Library where Geek Elite Radio will be having their own uh, panel and, and booth set up for uh, free comic book day yes yes folks the time is coming where you'll actually get to sit down and, and chat with us if you'd like and and maybe and, play some you know, games yeah there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff so definitely come out share your geek fandom if you're in the yuma county area in yuma arizona come on by may 7th the yuma county main branch library is going to be having some awesome stuff shout out to lauren she's making this happen we're all excited um and yeah, so that's where you're going to get your first taste of Spider-Man Dead No More. So I don't know. I don't know what it means. You know, like, obviously they're talking about this man in the red suit. 
you know, what does that mean? Is this going to be some Santa more Mephesto? Is Santa, <laughs> he's gone evil. He finally <laughs> lost it. He's like, you know what? I'm sick of it. <laughs> I'm sick of Spider-Man causing all these problems for me, putting everybody in the naughty list. <laughs> I will I will give you what you want, but I will take something if you fail me. <laughs> naughty or nice ain't going to cut it anymore. <laughs> okay, I think uh, we've gone through a good, good chunk of news there for everybody. Uh Let's get to the challenge. The challenge was, and we had a lot of time to think about this one. Yes. And uh, I, I'll have to admit, I was putting it off for quite a bit because I, I, it was a hard one. I didn't, I didn't quite understand what I needed to do with it. But you, you, you put up the challenge to have a DC-style rebirth, as i.e. Green Lantern or The Flash, uh, right. in the Marvel U. And uh, to me... The reason why they had the Flash rebirth and the, the the Green Lantern rebirth and maybe more the Green Lantern one than the Flash one, because the Flash one to me is just it felt more like they just wanted to get Barry back into the universe. Well, but see, okay, I guess, and and sorry I didn't explain this. So what I was looking at it is with those two characters, they're both major legacy heroes, right? Right, and you know before that they went they went kind of astray. I mean, Green Lantern, you know, you had single Alan Scott. Then, bam, you have Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. 3,600 space sector patrolmen. Uh-huh. Emerald Twilight. Bam, you just have Kyle Rayner. And little known fact, did you know they were actually grooming Alan Scott to come back to be Green Lantern? I do remember that. Yeah. Ron Mars didn't like that idea, right? right? Somebody pulled the plug on that, and they just said, let's go fresh. <laughs> so that's what we got Kyle Rayner. So at one point, you literally just had Kyle Because at and that time, Alan. you also had... You had uh, Alan, who had his powers, were kind of going through some weird stuff too. Yeah, the Star Heart, and, and he was he had sentinel, that weird, like yeah, sentinel armor kind of looking uh, yeah. outfit. But that's not here. Yeah. And there. But anyway, so Green Lantern was just kind of lost. John Stewart was more of a former Dark Star. Guy Gardner had his alien heritage powers, right. you know, and and they 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 just they weren't who they were supposed to be. Right. And that's Guy Gardner needs to be a Green Lantern. So, anyways, the the the, the rebirth idea was basically like okay. Let's take this and let's make it a franchise again and let's add to its legacy. And I feel like Flash did that, Flash Rebirth, because, you know, we had we had Flash proper. You know, we had Jay Flash. We had Wally Flash. Uh, we had Kid Flash. Who then became Bart, or, you know, Bart who became, became Flash. Who became the Flash. Yeah. And then, yeah, Wally was missing. And then, you know, the, I, I, so I get it. The, the legacies were kind of in turmoil. And with this, it's like, okay, well, let's bring back the All-Star, the Silver Age great. Let's bring them and let's create a giant family legacy. So that's kind of what I was shooting for. Like, okay, take a character who's kind of on the, you know, circling the drain and just bring it back. Bring it back to its greatness. It's it's most, you know, like what was your favorite run? What were your favorite elements? And just go nuts. Well, okay. Uh, in that vein, kind of in the idea of uh, a character that's very splintered and, and and I wouldn't say broken because I think a lot of people, a lot of a lot of good writers have done a lot of good things with this character. Unfortunately, I don't think he's really been able to hold to a, a running title very well, but Moon Knight. Ooh, okay. Moon Knight is a character that's gone through so many different uh, volumes as well as different yeah. uh, identities. Like, you know, I mean, that was at one point in time that was part of his his thing is that he has all these split identities. You know, this identity is a businessman and this identity is an adventurer and this identity is an ex-Marine and... And they all end up being Moon Knight, and they all, you know, and at one point the the character had uh, powers that were based on the phases of the moon, and 
you know, and then he's also an avatar for a Egyptian god. So which one is it? Which which character? What is, is he? Moon Knight? <laughs> uh, there's the the I think the latest su- almost successful run of, of Moon Knight had him in L.A. and he was a Mark Spector has come back to life and he's running a movie studio and he uh, he uh, uh, he he thinks that he's having these conversations with Captain America and Wolverine and Spider Man all the time, but in actuality he's kind of just talking to himself <laughs> and he's he's doing he's actually imitating their fighting styles when. When they're uh, when he thinks that he's talking to them, oh, he's having these conversations. Right, <laughs> so he'll be fighting a bad guy, and all of a sudden he's he's got knives in his hands, and he's doing Wolverine uh, berserker attacks and stuff. So, what I would like to do is, I don't want to get rid of all of his history, but let's let's put him back as a marine. Okay, you know we are still fighting a war in the Middle East, obviously, a marine that. Uh, you know, unfortunately, gets lost in battle. Uh, KIA finds himself at the, at uh, now at a, a at, at the altar of a, an Egyptian god, and this group, just like uh, originally, that brought him back to life, uh, you know, has in, in bestowed upon him powers of this Egyptian god. But to keep himself alive, he has to do what the god. It's kind of like the the bands of Saderac. You know, you yeah, know, okay. You know, he's got to be the, this avatar, but he doesn't want to do the 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 things necessarily that the the Egyptian god is telling him to do. So he, that's where his psychosis comes in, that he's talking to himself, or he can't. He, he he it's one one way or the other kind of thing. I like that. Okay. So once again, you know, he's in he's on the streets. He's a street level uh, hero. He he uh, though he has some it's some mystical ties. It's more of him as a soldier, like 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 the Punisher, you know, fighting uh, thugs and stuff like that. But he does kill. That's what Moon Knight does, and uh, you know, he does it. He, whether he does it because he knows he's doing it or not is 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 the mystery in the story. So that's how, that's the the rebirth that I wanted. To so see. that's the character. Well, and and I tell you what, I like that. That's a good challenge because he's a classic character. You know, yeah, as a matter, what I what I saw. I mean, he's he's uh, first appearance was what nineteen seventies, um, probably late seventies. Oh, publication date, cover art. Nope, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for ah. Yes, uh, first appearance, Wolf, Werewolf by Night, number 32, August 1975. Yeah. So, yes, 1975 character, that's right around when a lot of the Marvel characters... Oh, yeah, well, that. he's part of that, that 70s era. Iron Fist, Power Man, uh, Ghost Rider, all these guys were coming out, Werewolf by Night. And, you know, and as a matter of fact, I think, you know, he, well, he's obviously been the street-level hero that Marvel needs. This guy has the potential to be a badass Batman. He's got it, but... Nobody like that's the tough thing about it is like okay Matt Fraction I think did a run on Moon Knight and it's like yeah I love this character I'm doing cool stuff okay the sales just aren't there so <laughs> plus I'm an exclusive so I have to go write X Men now right and it's like okay let's let's just Marvel does something crazy they hire you you got love for the character your first duty is to clean it the fuck up right. That's what you got to do, and that's what you did. You know, I like that. It's finally going to be, okay, let's streamline his origin. Because that's where it comes from. You know, somebody was like, oh, I didn't read this character's origin, so I liked it, and I put <laughs> something in there. And we see that countless times, you know right. I mean? and, you know, that's one of the great things about, like, uh, I thought, like, especially in as much 
praise or or crap we give Jeff Johns is the same amount of praise <laughs> we give him because he likes to streamline people's back origins like he does like Hawkman you know it's it, it's all of those things together of being re, uh, oh reincarnated God, yeah. and being from being an alien yeah, you're some kind of reincarnated alien you know and it's like that's tough which one am I you're both <laughs> you're both I'm gonna find a way to do this you know hell he even tied Blue Beetle into it you know it's like yeah the Scarab was back then what exactly, a cool concept yeah. it's like. Actually, that is a cool concept. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally dig it. Um, and, and, you know, that's one thing that I think both of us preach many times on this show is legacy. You know, you, oh, have, yeah. you have the history. You have the publication history. You have the stories. Why just put a wall here at 19... Uh, yeah, and up, and that's and say, it. No, those, these, those stories don't exist. Why? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a gold mine. Well, I mean, it's like it's funny. It's like if you treat comic books, every issue... Every appearance, I'll even go crazy. Every appearance is a day. Okay. Superman barely has 2,000 chronicled adventures. That's not that much time. I mean, let's, let's, do, this, let's do this math real quick. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, a, and I'm rounded up because each comic, Superman and, uh, you know, but 2,000 divided by three, 365. We barely have five and a half years of adventures. Come on, man. Enjoy it. Go after it. You know, like, keep it all there. Yes, there are times where some of it's goofy, but that's part of its charm. You know, the Silver Age, for all its goodness and badness, is important. Marvel 80s, for all its grimy and grittiness, it's very important. You know, Microchip, he needs to be talked about. Punisher fans new need to know what Microchip is. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. It's it's part of it. It was good in its era. Don't forget it. So no, I I totally like what you did with that. I think that's great. He is a tough character, so you're gonna you know you're you're gonna have your hands full. Now one one quick thing out of out of your, um, and I'm just throwing you on the spot here, so I apologize. But like, okay, does he have a villain? Like, who's his Joker? Who's his Sinestro? Uh, well, you know, uh, I in the in the the stories that I've read of him, I don't really remember any uh, per se. But uh, in this is just me. The his Wikipedia entry does have. A uh, rogues list, I believe. Uh, a rogue gallery. You got Black Spectre, Blue Bluebeard, Bora, Raul Bushman, Committee, Crossfire, Killer Strike, Midnight Man, Morpheus, The Profile, Shadow Knight, Stained Glass, Scarlet, and the Werewolf. So I'm guessing the Werewolf's from Werewolf by Night. Hopefully, you know. <laughs> uh, but the the storyline that I remember reading was the one that it's the the one that uh, Bendis wrote with uh, David Fincher art. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and in uh, in that one, it ends up the the villain spoiler uh, is, is ends up being his best friend, his his basically his Alfred. Oh, uh, I believe so. It's, that's good. That's a good <laughs> twist. So, that's mean. <laughs> uh, but but it's all for the better of it of him. So you know, it's it's it's. It's it's kind of strange story, and he's a str- but he's a strange character. Yeah, so he is. He's out there. If if anything, I don't know. I guess since he's a street level hero, uh, yeah, street level hero, I would want to put him against like the kingpin. Maybe have him fight Bullseye more often. You know, mm-hmm. those, I think those are the kind of characters that he would be he'd be good against. Well, and plus two, you could even like because I'm trying to think. Um, there's Moses Magnum. Um, there's oh, who's. Um, Madam Mask, her dad. He was an X Men villain. He was the one who was responsible for the Death of Warpath. Right, I can't. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Yeah, but anyways, but like he's basically Marvel's forgotten Razel Ghoul. Okay, there you go. Now you put him on worldwide quests. You can play to the strength that you know. Hey, it turns out these secret identities. He did fabricate them because he's in deep cover. You know, it's like that's, when I go to perfect, Africa, man. I'm gonna be 
you know, Phil Spector or whatever the name. That's a horrible name. Mark right? Spector. Mark Spector. Oh. <laughs> We're Phil trying to be Spector a hero here. Gonna get, uh, get some more <laughs> people looking at you. <laughs> well, that's what we sell numbers with. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, I mean, like, you, you picked a good character. Because he does. He, he's always... He's always going from like I'm. I'm gonna leave the C level. I'm gonna make a B level hero. I'm a hero. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And then it's just the talent gets pulled, and it's like, damn it, you know. Um, so it'd be nice to finally see him get some respect, get yeah. some good writing. So I, I like that you've got you got good creativity. Um, I like I like that you streamline his origin because that's important. You know, that's um, that's actually a little bit of behind the scenes. Um, that's why we had rebirth. Because the challenge was, if you were to sit down and say, okay, tell me the origin of The Flash. Wally West goes to his uncle's crime lab, <laughs> gets struck by lightning, and becomes The Flash. Okay, so you can't tell me The Flash's origin without referencing a previous Flash. Right. Okay, tell me the origin of Green Lantern. Well, Kyle Rayner inherits the last Green Lantern ring after Hal Jordan. Oh, so you can't tell me his origin without... And that's exactly what happened. So that's why they had to bring those guys back. Um and that's 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 major league important. So mm-hmm. it's like okay, and if you can give me, you know, if you, if I'm a brand new fan of that character, and you can give me something that turns me on to reading it, you've done your job. And that's exactly what we need with the uh, with Mo- uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight yeah. He's a great looking character. He's awesomely designed, but he's just been too convoluted. You got to streamline it. So nice. I like it. That's definitely a book I'd pick up because it's got the action intrigue i know you're gonna give it some batman spice so nothing's wrong with that i dig it I there dig you go it. i'll be the scott snyder of moon knight <laughs> that's a hell of a crown to wear buddy that's a hell of a crown i like it all right um now what was what what was the the character you decided to to born again now i i feel bad because i know i directly took from your 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 backyard here i was like oh i i got a spare i got a flat in my car i'll just use your spare you don't need it but i i took thor um, oh, oh, hey, dude! That is another <laughs> character. That is, you know, his. It's not his origin so much, but his, his, uh, you know, his his character other than Thor is is very convoluted. It's do we still include Donald Blake? Do we still, uh, you know, have have to be? Is is the is the the the, the hammer what decides? Who's worthy? You know, is is there a Thor without the hammer? You know? Yeah, like does did Donald Blake exist before, or was he because of? Yeah, exactly. That that's what I would. That's what's tough about it. So, I, I guess like what I would do, and it's and, and not to say that there's anything wrong with the Thor books. They're doing great. People are loving Jane Foster. Spoiler: alert, Jane Foster <laughs> as as Thor. You know, they're enjoying it, which is great. You know, that's exactly what you need to be doing with the book. But Thor himself. He's gone. Eric Masterson is gone. Better Ray Bill? Haven't seen him in a while. There's so much Thor legacy that is missing. And so my inspiration came from, if you, if you think about the Green Lantern Rebirth issue six cover, where it has Hal in the middle, and then all the other ring slingers are throwing their rings up there, you know, and it's, it's Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner, Jon Stewart, Kyle Rayner, uh, and Kellogg, I believe. It's just those yeah. five, and they're throwing their rings up there and doing it. Now, this is going to be the one, this is going to be the story that's going to answer a couple things. Plus, they never, like, they, Marvel did one of those, like, hey, we got a cool idea, and we didn't follow through with it. At least, I don't think they did. So, why did Jane Foster get the hammer? Well, during the whole um, uh, Sins... Fear Itself? No, not, it, Fear Itself was before that. It was, uh, oh, man, Sins Past, Sins Remembered. 
there was a Marvel event book, and it was it was dealing with the uh, dealing with some past stuff. So basically, the Watcher got killed. His eyes were exposed to you, and they would show you all these like horrible things from your past. Mm-hmm. Turns out, this is the story that basically made Nick Fury old and villainous in the Marvel U. And it was like, well. I'm the guy who would sit on the wall. And I don't know where that phrase comes from, the man on the wall. Like, what, what the, you know, like, is it because you're a, you're a guard tower man? Okay, I, you know. I mean, I don't know if that, necessarily if it's from Game of Thrones, but they use that a lot in Game of Thrones now because there is a big wall to the north right, that, that protects the rest of the... probably where it comes from. <laughs> yeah, cause, well, because that's what Nick Fury was doing. He was out in space and he'd be on the outer rim watching for Earth. And it was like, oh, you know, here comes scrolls. Bop, 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 done. But what I just, you know. <laughs> Why would you ask questions like that? <laughs> Fair enough. That's a direct quote from Marvel. <laughs> but Magic. Exactly. But yeah. it isn't that Swords idea exactly. But no, we forgot that. You know. So yeah, this thing just kind of it. It I, that's an event that did more hurt than it did help. Um, and one of the fallouts was when Nick Fury was fighting the Avengers and whatnot, he whispered something in Thor's ear, and all of a sudden, Thor Odinson was no longer worthy enough to lift Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. And now he is Thor, and he was, he's walking around like part of his arm got chopped off, so he's wearing this metal gauntlet, and he carries around the metal axe Janjabor. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing all that right. Sorry to all our <laughs> Swedish, Norwegian fans, um, but try saying Christopher Franey, okay? <laughs> but so anyway, so and I just was kind of like, what the hell happened? You, like, you just cracked open Thor. You, you made him a disgrace. He hasn't had a heroic journey. Hey, sounds like Hal Jordan. So this is my pitch, okay? So basically what we find out was um, Thor in one of his many deals – or not Thor, sorry, Nick Fury in one of his many deals had to make it like a barter with, with Loki. And so he basically was like, give me some dirt on Thor. What's good? And so he's going to basically go back to Thor's pride. And the, what he whispers, what Nick Fury whispers in the Thor's ear was, Loki was the better son. I wish he was my blood. And that's what just causes Thor to kind of regress back to him being a spoiled youth. So that's why he can't lift the hammer anymore. And this story is going to go back and kind of streamline the origin. So basically, as it's going to turn out, um, Donald Blake is still there. You know, but like Thor, you know, he was he was a young prince. He was a warrior causing trouble, making stuff like basically we're going to adopt the movie origin. But he did have to spend time as Donald Blake because he had to learn humility. He had to learn all that stuff. So it still keeps the Marvel 1960s, the Marvel Age origins in there. But I really thought that was that was something that that was missing from the movie that they don't didn't include the Donald Blake character because not only is he supposed to be humbled, he's supposed to learn to care for people and that's what donald blake md did a physician he a yeah he, he showed him you know people mean something and you know eventually he does learn that that lesson in the, that movie but it's very quick and very yeah. rushed well but uh, but especially to learn it as don blake a lame physician on right. top of that i mean you know that that puts him in a place so that's that's where i would have i would have streamlined it that we we keep both of those again bringing the origin forward again letting fans know so once Odin discovers that, you know, his, his, um, son, not his son, but his, his judgment has been oh. denied. Cause he, of course he deems Thor worthy to wield Mjolnir. He's going to get angry now, not to spit in the face of the Jane Foster fans, you know, cause I think they did an issue where Odin was like, I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah, that was Loki. <laughs> That's an easy fix. So of course, you know, like. 
you know, once once this gets exposed somehow, you know, like basically Nick Fury, you know, I don't know. I, I, I would I would have Thor finally have the confrontation with Nick and he's like, why did you do this to me? And he's like, well, I got this secret from Loki. I had to use it from you because I had to protect myself. So then Thor goes to track down Loki once he exposes that. Oh, man, you know, Loki's been sitting on the throne and there's kind of like three or four aspects of Loki flying around the Marvel U right now. Hence another one. So that that's when Loki's finally going to start collecting his shards and become really powerful. So, of course, Thor has to free, you know, Odin and stop Loki from taking the Odin force. Because at this point, Odin is just down on his knees. He's worthless. So Loki's like, well, now that I've reunited myself from my five or six shards, how many Lokis there are in the Marvel U right now, he's going to be amassing all that power. So Thor has to go on the quest. So, of course, he's going to go get as much help as he can. So he journeys into Valhalla. And, of course, that's... Well, I would love to do that that splash page where we see, like, Thor gets knocked down into Valhalla and he kind of walks in there defeated. And you as the reader are like, Oh, my God, no, Thor, don't go! But then, of course, he's going to go into Valhalla. Why? Because he's going to bring Eric Masterson back. <laughs> Thunderstrike is back. We need... Thunderstrike. If we've got U.S. Agent, if we've got War Machine, we need Thunderstrike. <laughs> Bam! Eric Masterson comes out. You know his what was his Thunderstaff name? What was that? Was it just it's, Thunderstrike? It's Thunderstrike. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. So boom, he comes out. He's ready to rock. You know, they both fly out in the space. Better Ray Bill, we need you. You know, get the the, the Stormmaker, bring Storm, it back. Stormbreaker, Stormbreaker. So they get it. Bam! So you got the three of them. They're coming in. They go to Jane, and Jane reluctantly is about to give the hammer over to Thor. Right, and he's like, "No, I'll fight this fight, but I would love you by my side." You know, there's still a reason you need that hammer. So she's like, "Wow, thank you." So boom, we've got her. I'm trying to think there was Thor girl, right? Because around the Civil War time, we had Thor girl, right? Right, right. So I'm going to make her a real character because I don't know anything about her. I don't her. know where she got her. I know they did, They ended up doing some type of origin story for her, but I don't remember how she got her powers. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too sure how they made her. So we're going to have the Warriors 3, Sith. Well, don't you also have uh, uh, Valkyrie? And exactly, that was the next one. Oh, Valkyrie's okay. going to come in there. So bam, Thor's got his army. These are the badasses. Here comes the Riders of the Storm. They're coming right for Loki. Of course they're going to win. They're going to shut him down. And Loki's always going to have the villainous like, y'all catch me later. (laughs) (laughs) And boom, and Odin gets the Odin Force. And of course, you know, he's like, all right, you know, Thor, you've proven yourself. You've gone above and beyond. You know, you've, you've come centered. You're worthy again. And, you know, once all of a sudden, of course, Thor takes that metal chic thing off. And it's like, oh, cool. I have my arm back. I'm whole. And, of course, he lifts me ulnar. And the sad moment's going to be you see Jane Foster turn into the cancer patient she is. And Odin is like, no, that's not right. I'll heal you. But then, you know, Jane is going to be like, no, that's not fair to everybody else. There's so many other people that have cancer. They don't get a get-out-of-jail-free card. You know, but he says, well, no, you're going to earn it. And that's when he gives her, I don't know, like, this is where I should have done my homework. But I'd love, like, he gives her something, you know, like... I don't know, whatever Norwegian is for, like, healing stick, you know, something. <laughs> he just gives her this, you know, the you know, the foster, you know, he gives it to her, and then that's her weapon, and it, it enables her to become a Thor unto herself. Right. You know. I like it. You know, that's a, I, I, the whole idea of a, of a uh, almost a uh, core group, you know, a, yeah. a group that uh, that exists because 
uh, Thor decided that you know as a group we're going to be much stronger. You know, and 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 it once again brings into his humility that he can't do it all himself. Yep, exactly. It humbles him in the process. And plus, we have the nine realms. Now there's a reason why you need them more than just Thor. They're going to be out there. They're going to be taking care of stuff. So Jane is going to be assigned to Earth, and then you know the the rest of them will kind of go into the parts they've got. So yeah, and that's 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 what I'd love to do. I'd love to bring back the majesty to Thor because I remember I was never a really big Thor fan. Like I always thought he was a cool character. The hammer was just bad. It was amazing, awesome stuff. Um, but I just never got into him. Uh, my my main exposure was probably just you know Avengers comics. And then I remember when we went through the big um, disassembled, mm-hmm. and that's when they did Ragnarok, which mm-hmm. was a major story. It destroyed Thor. Like, they literally killed one of their top three characters for, like, what, five, six years? Pretty, yeah. And it was like, what the hell? That's got major. Core. Yep. <laughs> Civil War comes around. Thor's back. Yay. Oh, nope. It's a killing robot. It's a killing you robot know. clone. He's like, wait, Tony, you mean from that first time we all met, you saved a hair? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I started reading Batman comics. You know? <laughs> so megalomaniac millionaires. Um, so yeah, so they started doing that. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then just when JMS got on the Thor books, I thought that was awesome. I was like, wow, this is a majestic character. And he needs that. He needs that majesty. And again, let's explore the nine realms. Let's explore space. Um, Al Ewing. Ewing, if I'm right? Ewing. Ewing. Uh, he's doing some amazing stuff in his books, Ultimates, Contest of Champions, you know, with this ISO 8 and all these things. That'd be great to see how, like, hey, does this metal, did this metal make the gods or did the gods make the metal? And you can really tie it back in and lead to some crazy storylines, you know. And then we'll have the, the Loki core. Or, you know, all of a sudden, bam, here they come. And the <laughs> emotional spectrum of hammers. Not <laughs> but I would just, I'd love to see it go further. I think there's a lot of potential there. Uh, it brings a lot of characters forward. Give them their time. They've got stories. Let's get people on those books. Well, there you have it, folks. Another challenge in the bag. You know, we, uh, we, we, we did our best, and we'd like to hear what you thought of that. So give us a contact at, uh, at Agent of the... Agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter for myself. Stuff I should say on yep. Twitter for 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 Chris. It's uh, should and, and should S H U D. Yep, should. And uh, it's at Geekly Radio on Twitter. Geekly Radio is our Facebook page, and geeklyradio.com is our website for archive past uh, past podcasts. Get those back issues. <laughs> so for my challenge. All right, big moment. This is uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna do a little. We're stepping away from our normal kind of challenges, just like you did this time. Uh, I, we have done this challenge, this kind of uh, I don't know. We would call it a challenge. witty banter. No, no, not witty banter. But it's a kind of a challenge, or, or it is a challenge. It's just a little test uh, on our part. But I want. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw out you. I'm gonna throw out a name of a group. Uh, it's a group that that doesn't exist. But I want you to fill in the Ooh. members. The membership of this group. Now it's going to be set in the Marvel. No, yeah, the Marvel U. Okay. I want to do the Marvel U. So uh, you need to have five five members of this group. One of them has to be a uh, street level hero. One needs to be a uh, 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 magic user, and one needs to be a mutant. Okay, so one street level, one magic, one mutant, five member team, five member team. So you could have. Three mutants on the team, but you have to have at least one. Yeah. Mutant, okay. Okay. So and they're Marvel characters, and right? They're Marvel characters. Okay. And and that will be the same for mine. I need to have one of those three on mine. Mm-hmm. 
the only thing is that you get to choose the name for my team and I have to choose the name for your team. Okay. Okay. So with that, uh, we have to also come up with a reason why. I mean, these all have to be characters that exist already. Gotcha. And we have to we have to the reason why they decided to come together as a team, and you know maybe even why they decided to come up with that name. Okay. okay so yeah. I'm gonna give you a few seconds to think of a name. Oh, I got my name actually. Oh, you already got your. name. I got my name. I'm ready to give Whoa. you. This is going back into the history of DC Comics here. <laughs> my name is the Working Class. The working class. Oh, I can't take a name that already exists. No, you have to call Damn. it a new name. I was going to give you the, uh, I was going to say the challengers of the unknown. No, 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 no. All right, so the unknown challengers. <laughs> All right, I will have to steal this couple of minutes now. Um, but yes, the working class will be the name of, of the team that you have to fill in the membership for. All right. Um, and now, also, I'll throw into this. It doesn't necessarily have to be a hero team. It could be a team of villains. Whichever way you want to go. Let's call your team. So again, one mutant, one magician, well, one magic base, and one street level street hero. level hero, and it's a five person team. You will be responsible for telling me about the custodians. The custodians. I like it. I like that. That's that's pretty good. So there you have the work, the working class versus the custodians. And you kind of came <laughs> up with a, I don't know what it says about us, but uh, very blue collar level people here. <laughs> now, if you if you are also listening to this uh, podcast and you come up with a five person team that you want to you want to throw out there, go ahead and post yeah. it on our, our, our join Facebook. the fight. You know, you know, I would love to hear what Marvel characters you you do think deserve to be part of the working class or deserve to be known as a custodian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but until next time, uh, I'll say this has been a great episode of Imagine. Yeah, Imagine If. <laughs> this has been a great episode of Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network. Saying until next time, geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.